standing over there singing some of the songs, uh, I was struck with a sense, I believe, from the Lord of how much he loves each one of you. That the Lord has a deep and abiding love for each and every one of you. And um, he is grateful that you're here and that you're a part of this family. And that he wants to grow all of us into increasing maturity in the faith. And he is patient. And he is a good teacher and a good father if we will listen and commit our way to him and our hearts to him. So, sermon number one. Over. <laughs> Last week, uh, we talked about contentment in trials. Contentment. You know, that's like praying for patience. You want to pray for patience? God will give you practice. <laughs> you know, you want to deal with contentment? God will give us opportunity to learn contentment. Um, this week, we're going to touch on faith in adversity. <clears throat> you know, as I look out across the congregation, those of you that are gathered here today, I know something of each of your stories. You know, for the most part, I could, in my mind, think of what some of your trials have been, some of your challenges, some of the adversities that you have been through. And some of you have had long adversity, and you've been long-suffering in it. And some things continue to this day. Uh, for some of you, you've had wave after wave after wave of thing wash over you. And you'll wonder, where is the end in sight of this? And where is God in the midst of it, perhaps? Um, and um, I believe that the Lord has given this message to us today uh, because he wants to encourage you. He wants to say, hold on, stick with it. I'm with you. Even when it seems like I'm not, <laughs> I really am still there. And there is another side to this that we're walking through, whatever it may be. And um, I believe the Lord wants to encourage you and to assure us and to give us perhaps some tools for how to approach living by faith in the face of adversity. So we all have various trials and challenges, right? You can probably think of the one you're going through right now or the one that you just went through that you sure are glad it seems to be over. Um, sometimes there's health trials, right? Um, there's a diagnosis or maybe there isn't a diagnosis but something's going on and you can't figure out what it is. That's pretty tough. Sometimes we're watching the decline of a loved one in health. And um, sometimes we have trials raising children whether they're young children, teenagers, or adult children. You know, sometimes we can see mistakes that our children are making and want to go, stop, but we're not in a position to do that anymore, or whatever the case may be. You know, those are trials um, that we can walk through. Sometimes there are trials of keeping a marriage together. You know, I don't have to tell you what the statistics are. Sometimes there are trials of other relationships in our lives, trials of relationship with people even in the church or in our family. Um, sometimes there are trials in sin and seeking to be free of its grip. 
You know, sometimes we're trying to walk out our faith, but there's this thing that keeps hanging on in our lives that we know is not in alignment with what the Lord would have us do to honor him. But we keep going back to it and we're having difficulty breaking free from it because it's become a pattern or an addiction. And it's a trial in our lives that by the Holy Spirit we need to break free of. We can all look back probably with some perspective and say, thank goodness that one's over. Right? I mean, I can think of seasons in my life where I'm glad I'm not doing that again. Or I'm glad I was able to get free of that or you know, whatever the case may be. Maybe you have that too. And I can look back and I can see now that he had everything in hand. <laughs> right? I can look back and I can see where God was, was carrying me when I couldn't walk. Or where he was putting pieces together that I just kept breaking apart. Or whatever the case may be. Um, I didn't see it at the time. But now I have the perspective of sort of hindsight. I can see it. Um, when we're in the midst of it, though, sometimes it's really hard to see. It's really hard to see um, where God is, what carries us through when we can't see the outcome yet. You know, when we are struggling, when it seems like we're floundering around, what sustains us when it seems like the things that we trusted in are no longer trustworthy? What steadies us when it seems like the ground that we have been standing on is now shaking? And what we thought was firm is no longer firm. Whatever uncertainty it is in our lives that we face. And this is where faith in God, trust in his goodness... And reliance upon his strength are wisely engaged to face the trials in our lives. So that sounds an awful lot like the Sunday school answer, right? And is probably a lot uh, easier said than done in many respects. Because we can say that all we want and we can look at it in the scriptures all we want. But when it comes to actually applying that, it can be challenging. You know? Have you ever had a medical diagnosis that kept you up at night? And in your head, you're saying, I know I'm, I need to trust. I know that I need to trust in God. But darn it, I can't sleep. Because I am worried about this. And I know that I shouldn't be, but I still am. Right? It's not a failure on your part. <laughs> okay? Faith is having courage in the face of fear. Right? It's trusting that God's got it no matter what and acknowledging that we might still have concern or worry. But we trust that the Lord has goodness in mind for us. We don't get to talk about Habakkuk very often, okay? Pretty cool, pretty cool situation um, and very encouraging for us today. And, um, you know, if you... If you want to turn in your Bible to Habakkuk, you can. We're just going to look at chapter 1 and a little bit of chapter 2 and then a little of chapter 3. Um, and it's, you know, we should probably also flip back to it on the screen if you want to see it. But here's the background very briefly. Uh, Habakkuk was living during the really troubled last decades of Israel's southern kingdom. Okay, uh, The Chaldeans, the Babylonians, 
they were a really fierce nation and they were threatening to destroy God's people. And so Habakkuk is a prophet. And um, during this time, <clears throat> Babylon triumphed over Judah. Okay, 605 BC or thereabouts. Triumphed over Judah. And they controlled them for about the next 65 years. That's a long time. Right? It's a few generations. Okay? Um, and Habakkuk is confused by what he's witnessing. And he's questioning, where is God? Right? It's been 65 years. Where are you? How long is this going to go on? Have you had those discussions with God? <laughs> right? How long, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? This is Habakkuk pouring out to the Lord. Or cry to you violence, and you will not save. How long do I have to hold this, God? How long do I have to deal with this? How long is this in my life? How long is my child going to go the other way? How long am I going to be wondering about this diagnosis? How long am I going to be dealing with this crisis of faith? How many things have to go bad in my life this year? Habakkuk was unable to find quick answers. So he takes his stand on this fortress perch and waits to receive a word from God. He watched to see what God would have to say. And it comes in the form of a vision. And God assures that justice will, in fact, prevail. He reminds Habakkuk that unlike the proud Chaldeans who relied on their own strength, here it is. The righteous live by faith. That is a promise of God that you can take to the bank and just hang on to. The righteous live by faith. And Habakkuk continues with this theme of faith. Um, and in chapter 3, it's, there's one of the most beautiful promises of faith and trust in God in the face of adversity. That is found anywhere in scripture. I want to read it to you today. We didn't read it here, but I would like to share it with you today. Think about this for a minute and see if you can identify in your own lives. Though the fig tree does not blossom, and no fruit is on the vines, though the produce of the olive fails, and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there is no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exalt in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and makes me tread upon the heights. So substitute in there, not officially, but <laughs> substitute in there what's going on for you. Though this is happening, though this is not happening, though I am struggling with this, Though my child is this, though my spouse is this, though my marriage is this, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the God of my salvation. That is faith in the midst of adversity. God never promises that our life will be perfectly smooth sailing when we become a Christian. He, however, does promise that he will be with us. 
through it all. Okay, so sometimes it can seem like wave after wave after wave of thing comes at us and we find ourselves kind of sputtering and gasping forever uh, for air. You ever been to the beach and had your back turned to the sea <laughs> and the wave comes and swats you? And then as you're trying to get up, another one comes? Yeah, happened once or twice. I don't go in the ocean anymore. <laughs> Too many sharks. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> you wonder when it's going to relent. When will these days pass? You know, the psalmist comes to us with some wisdom today. There's some beautiful things we can take away from the psalm. If you want to back up to that or go ahead to it, that would be great. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> he says, don't fret. Take delight. Commit your way. And be still. Here's the practical approach to this pie in the sky, have faith no matter what's happening thing. Okay, here's some things that we can do and take away today. Don't fret, take delight, commit your way, and be still. These are all the beginnings of phrases in the psalm today. We might say, well, those are the hardest things to do in the face of adversity. What do you mean, don't fret? <laughs> I can't sleep. I'm worried about what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to make the next mortgage payment. I don't know what I'm going to do. Don't fret. Why? Because God's got it. We might not see it. But we are his and he is ours. How about take delight? You ever have a difficult time taking delight <laughs> in the midst of trouble? It seems like trouble's pile on top of other troubles and then we get beaten down and we can end up even feeling like we're stuck in a pit or even in depression um, because of everything that's happening. Take delight in what? There's nothing to delight in, we might say. <clears throat> Paul beautifully reminds Timothy of the faith of his mother and grandmother in the epistle lesson today. There he is, praying for him. Paul, praying for Timothy. But don't be afraid. But remember that with God's spirit comes power, love, and self-discipline. Everything that we need to face adversity. So when we face adversity, we are not to despair. We're called to faith. We're called to meet fire with fire. When there's adversity... We don't deal with it on our own strength. We bring the faith in Almighty God, the creator of everything, to be able to handle it. <clears throat> don't fret, take delight, commit our way, and be still. You know, worrying doesn't add one minute to our lives, right? Scripture tells us that, and we all have experience probably with worry, and we can look back and say, why was I worried about that? It came out okay. Uh, the statistic out there is that something like 85% of worry will not change the outcome of anything. 15% might, but you know, chop off 80% of your worry. <laughs> uh, statistically speaking, that's a lot of uh, cortisol that we wasted being stressed out about things. Okay? Um, worry just steals the present from us. The past has happened, we commit it to the Lord. The future is in God's capable 
and loving hands, if we will but trust him with it. Take delight in the Lord. How do you do that? What does it mean to delight in the Lord? When's the last time we delighted in anything? 